RadioInfluence.com. You've seen Chef Ryan Duffy on Spike TV's Bar Rescue, NBC's Today Show, and opening bars and restaurants all over the world. Now he's sharing his stories, his friends, and some tips of the trade he's learned along the way. Prepare yourself to get Duffified. This is Duffified Live with Chef Brian Duffy on Radio Influence. Good morning, my friends. I know I start the show the same way every single week, but that's because I'm excited. That's because I get super excited to talk to you guys about the episodes that we're doing. Um, We are going with episode number 40 of Duffified Live. Uh, And I appreciate every single person out there. I thank you guys so very, very much um, for hopping in and listening to what it is that I do and all that crazy stuff. Um, It was a really, really good week, man. Just a great week. Um, I had the opportunity to go and hang out with one of my dear friends, also a past guest on the show, a gentleman named Mr. Michael Tips. And we got to work with uh, a production company out of L.A. called Move Films. Um, and it, it this, this show is kind of a culmination of all of the years that I've been in the industry, that Mr. Tips has been in the industry, um, and, and what it is that we do, especially when it comes down to consulting, because there's a lot of things that we see that most of you guys don't see. <clears throat> By the way, I don't know if you can hear it in my voice, but I sound like shit. I feel like shit. And the reason why is because I had a uh, – my ex-girlfriend had cats, and I had this beautiful comforter that I found and uh, and that we had when, when, I, when we lived together. And that comforter went into a storage bag and was vac sealed and all that good stuff. And and so uh, we were cleaning the basement the other day. And my daughter found it. And I'm like, oh, my God, that's a great comforter. I love that comforter. And I took that comforter and threw it on top of my bed. And I woke up the next morning to my eyes completely swollen shut, uh, to me unable to breathe to the point that I had to search around for a, an inhaler. That's how bad it was. And the worst part about it is, is that due to the allergies, um, it actually hurts my joints really bad. So my knees and my elbows are just killing me um, all because of cat hair, fucking cat hair. So if you hear me kind of <clears throat> cough a little bit or, or have a little uh, a little bit of, of trouble breathing, that's why. And, and the worst part is it usually lasts about five days. So I've got uh, I've got uh, uh, Visine uh, by the side trying to soothe my eyes at this point. But anyway. So, so through all of this time consulting, we've kind of come to the idea of this show, which is Bar Crashers. And the, and the cool part about it is, is that it's going to be geared really towards restaurant owners um, and operators and nightclub and bar owners and operators um, with the direction of the show. Yes, the end user, the, the consumer themselves, the viewer – who is not in the restaurant industry will really get a great amount of information out about this because it's going to give you guys an idea of what it is that we're really doing when we travel. So, so I, and, and, and speaking of kind of consulting and, and some of the other stuff, um, I think that it's going to be, uh, it's going to be a really fun year. Um, because, one, I have some amazing clients that I get to work with, and this new show is really going to kind of launch a lot of amazing opportunities for other people as well as for, for Tips and myself. And And Tips and I are going to hop on um, next week, I believe. We're going to do a really quick show to kind of introduce you guys to what Bar Crashers is. But I wanted to touch a little bit on the consulting uh, stuff for a minute because because I, I keep coming into these situations um, you know, I have clients all over the world. 
I really do. I, I have clients all over the place. Um, I have a select group of clients that I work with in and out on a weekly basis. Some that are just one and dones that really just want a menu or want a motivational speech or a hospitality conversation. Um, but for me, uh, a large portion of my business is all repeat business. They're clients that I have done menus for that I'm now doing monitoring for and stuff like that. And I need to kind of put this out there really quick. Um, if as I rub my eye, oh my God, it's so itchy. It's driving me crazy. Fucking cats. Killing the gift that keeps on giving two years later, two and a half years later. Uh, it's been sealed, hermetically sealed in a bag just waiting to come out and rear its ugly head to make it so that I can't breathe and my joints hurt and that my eyes swell shut. Awesome. Quality visual for each one of you. But one of the things that I kind of want to get across to people when it comes down to consulting is I am only as successful in the consulting world as you are within your business. So, so when I work with clients who have chefs on their properties who will buck the system, they, they will buck against me. They will, they will sabotage. I've had things sabotaged. I have had files deleted on purpose. Um, I have had sh uh, chefs try to prove me wrong um, to the point of making themselves just look bad because here's the deal, guys. I am not coming into your restaurant to steal your job. I, I live in Philadelphia, man. I don't live in San Diego. I don't live in California. I, I don't live in North Carolina. I don't live in Delaware. I don't live in Chicago. I live in Philadelphia. That's where my company is. It's where my family is. It's where my relationships are. That's where I am. So I'm not coming into your house. I'm not trying to take your job. I'm not trying to get you fired, but I am trying to bring to light what it is that goes on inside of your restaurant. And a lot of the time, it all really just comes down to numbers. And numbers don't lie, guys. It's just that simple. If you are running a high food cost, I will give the benefit of the doubt for the first couple of weeks that you haven't really grasped the concept of food cost or you don't understand the concept of food cost or labor cost or liquor cost or, or any of the simple cost of goods, which we call COGS, okay? But, but numbers don't lie. So if you run on a consistent level over year to year to year, a 42, a 41, a 39, you can take that either way. One, you can take it as a negative, which is you suck at doing food costs because your food cost is high. Or two, you're slowly whittling away at it over a three-year period. But what it comes down to is that <clears throat> I'm not here to, to lie about your numbers. Your numbers are your numbers. You give me your sales and I will input that into a file a calculation. And then from there, we will take your inventory and your purchases and we will create a usage. And then that usage tells me divided by your sales, what your food cost is. It's just that simple. So when you fight me or you call me an asshole or you tell me that I'm trying to uh, sabotage you <clears throat> and, and it's been three and a half to four months, I think the signs are on the wall that it's really not me that is doing it, that it is your food cost. It is your responsibility to oversee all of the numbers that are in that kitchen. And the same comes from the front of house. Same comes from the labor. Same comes from your liquor cost. Same comes from the operational uh, inadequacies that you may have in the front of house. Now, 
<clears throat> so, so what I need you guys to understand is that I'm there as a professional who knows about food cost, liquor cost, labor cost, operations, system standards, and procedures. That's what it is that I do. Okay. I just happen to be very knowledgeable about food. So that assists me in doing my job because I can go through your inventory and look down and say, okay, you have 67 pounds of chicken this week. And on average, you go through 40. What are we going to do with that additional 27 pounds of chicken? And that's where the chef and I start to collaborate. We start to create, we start to really come up with great ideas or I kind of call it like I'm a little bit of a muse on, on, on certain times where I can look at a product and I can kind of – I can assist you in creating a great marketing plan or just by planting seeds that you can then culminate on your own to create a quality marketing program, food program, liquor program, or labor cost program that you're trying to do because – it all comes down to this, guys. This is show business. It's not show friends. This is not an opportunity for us to make friends that we all get to sit around and chat and do all that stuff, although that stuff's awesome. This is business. I'm being hired by the owner of the restaurant to execute at the highest level for them to make sure – or let me rephrase that. I'm being hired to bring to light situations that have the potential for either being disastrous on a, on a, on a financial level – or very helpful on a, or, or very successful on a financial level. And that's what it is. I'm not doing this on a personal level because I don't like you. I'm not doing this to make you look bad. I'm not doing it because in reality, all it's going to do is end up hurting our relationship moving forward. And if I am showing needle, the needle being moved in the right direction, then and, – and your side of that, that, that game or end result is not moving that needle, then ultimately I just look better because of that. But if we work together to get the common denominator, which is the fact that you're either over-purchasing or somebody's walking out the back door or you just don't understand it, then, 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 you know, it, it's kind of my job to bring that to light and that's what we need to do. So, so <clears throat> I'm trying to explain this to you guys because as we move forward, in the job that I do and with the clients that I have, my job is really to come on board and promote the positive things that you're doing right and 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 explain them to you and and reward you for them. At the same time, I have to bring to light some of the negative things. And that's why I think this show with Bar Crashers is going to be so successful um, because one, between Mr. Tips and myself, having the opportunity to or the luxury or the experience of the last 24 years for me, not including the 10 years prior to that that I was working in, you know, as a busboy and stuff like that. If you want to, then it's 34 years. Okay. But the combined experience that the two of us have is over 50 years of restaurant hospitality experience, costing operations, standards, the whole nine yards. So we're going to be able to go into bars and restaurants throughout the entire country. And bring to light the positive things that you guys are doing right and make a small focus on the things that you're doing – that you're doing wrong but enhance you to not make those mistakes again or assist you. So this is not Bar Rescue. This is not in any way. Our motto is not – you know, our, our motto is very simple. We're not going to scream at you but we may scream at each other, okay? Tips and I have a great relationship and a tremendous respect for each other when it comes into the hospitality world because of what we both know. So – I really hope that you guys are going to like this. And what I'm going to ask you guys to do is, is go to the three major platforms that are out there. Go to Facebook, go to Instagram, go to Twitter and check out uh, the bar crashers. 
Okay. Like those pages, follow them, share them with your fellow people, hospitality people, and really kind of watch the campaign, the strategic marketing campaign that we are going to do over the next 30 to 60 days to bring this show to your information. And I'll explain everything once Tips and I get on the phone. But right now, this is really kind of me reaching out and saying, as a consultant, I want you guys to see what it is that we do. I want you to understand that we are there for the benefit of the business. And I want you guys to really be able to get a portal into the world of the things that that experts look for and what it is that we look for when we walk into a restaurant and the things that we see that you may not see because of the fact that you walk in on a daily basis. You know, these are things that you walk in every day. And, and, and a lot of times what happens when you walk in is you just kind of look around, you know, but you look around on the floor. You never look up, down, sideways. You never go behind the bar and dig into a crevice. You never go into the kitchen because it's somebody else's responsibility. We never really get involved in the full training of the properties because of the fact that we just don't have time. We're too busy running a restaurant. But if you think about it, those are the things that are more important than anything else. <clears throat> those are the things that allow us to execute at the highest level. They're the things that put us on all cylinders that we're fired on um, is the overall look through the business um, and the training. You know, that training is paramount to the, success, to the success of what it is that you guys do. And this isn't just for restaurants. This is this is across the board. You know, one of the things that I say all the time before, and, be, you know, if we have to fire somebody or get rid of somebody is prior to doing that, have we given them all of the tools that they need to succeed? Because, again, you know, you think about that training process and what we're doing is we're hiring a chef and we're hiring that person based on cooking ability. So – we get them into the restaurant. We let them do a stage, two, three hours. They kind of they kind of show us what it is that they're good at. But we never really get a, a, a true glimpse into what it is, how they manage a property. We never get into a true glimpse of how they manage the finances within their within their department. You know, these are the things that are really important that we have to watch and, and look for, especially in this day of of the celebrity chef world, especially in this day of of TV and, and reality and chopped and hell's kitchen and all the other stuff. Cause what we're doing is we're promoting the idea of, of a, of a person and then we're putting them into a situation and we're not actually training them to be able to, to succeed. So those are just some of the things that, that are important to me for you guys to uh, get a glimpse of. Okay, and, and to dig into and and I know the show isn't all about hospitality. We do everything on here. We talk about everything. I mean, you know, my guest today just happens to be a chef. Uh, my guest today is also a chef that, that plays a different role in the industry as opposed to just standing in a kitchen creating food on a daily basis. My next guest has has actually got a beautiful eye for detail, so much so that he's now a food photographer as well as a chef. So. So it's kind of neat to see the, the 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 way that we are branching out as chefs into different areas of the business to make a couple of dollars, you know, to build our brand, to build our reputation for some of the stuff that we do. Um, so so that that's that's kind of where we are uh, with that. I really want you guys to head over there and check out Bar Crashers. Uh, you can do it on Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter. Uh, the website will be up in a couple of days. On that website, though, we are going to be able to have a set. We're going to have a section there for you guys 
to be able to submit your bar and restaurant. Okay. If you guys think that you're doing something really well and you want uh, Michael Tips and I to come in and and walk through your bar, you know, and and check it out and 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 focus on your place, spotlight on your place. This this isn't. We're not doing this as a sponsorship thing. I'm not asking you to 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 pay for this because we're not, you know, we're not, we're not doing a makeover. We're not doing a rescue situation. We will be coming into town. If we get, you know, submissions in, I don't know, Rockford, Illinois, you know, we're going to check out the area prior to getting there. And we're going to find out the best restaurants, the worst restaurants, the worst nightclubs, the worst, the best ones, the best bars, worst bars. We're going to do research and we're going to interview the people as well. We want to find out what it is that people like about your place. What is it people that people don't like about your place? And how it is that we can change that, and that's something that is invaluable because we are reaching out directly to the consumer and we're finding out what it is that they need because you know, most of the people that I've dealt with uh, through the past bunch of years, they kind of create a place as an homage to themselves. They're creating a place with their name on it. They're creating a place with their personality. But guess what? I'm a 46-year-old guy, so if I'm now marketing – to a 22-year-old girl as a 46-year-old guy, guess what, man? I've got 24 years ahead of that person. My ideas and my visions are for what for what you, they want are completely different than what they actually want. So we do a lot of that through research. We do a lot of it through communication. And we do a lot of it through digging in and getting in the trenches and really finding out about the neighborhood, the neighbors, where you are, what people like about your place and what they don't. And and I think it's really kind of a neat thing for a lot of people to see. Mm-hmm. So I hope you guys uh, kind of enjoy this. I hope you guys enjoy the show. Uh, I, I want to uh, introduce to you guys right now a gentleman that I met in Tijuana, Mexico. I was doing a job down there and I was doing some research for some clients and we found uh, – we connected with each other at another restaurant. So a separate restaurant from where I was altogether. I'd gone in to have some lunch to see a new kind of gastropub mixology bar. And this gentleman was in there taking food shots and we connected at that moment. And um, you guys know that I'm all about kind of connections and interactions with people. And I had a really good interaction with this dude and I, and I just wanted to bring him on board and onto the show so you guys can see different outlets into the world that I live in, where I get to travel, and some of the things that I get to do when I meet some pretty awesome people around the country. So everybody do me a favor and get your hands together uh, for my buddy, uh, who's also a chef, a true professional, and a food photographer, an artist all together. Uh, Ladies and gentlemen, get your hands together. Turn your radios up. Get those headphones in because chances are we're going to curse, even though I haven't cursed yet. I haven't said fuck once yet. I haven't said shit or anything. I've just been really good. It's because I'm kind of beaten up because these damn cats. But put your hands together and uh, get the kids out of the room. Uh, You got two chefs talking at the same time. Ladies and gentlemen, welcome to Duffified Live, Chef Jim Sullivan. All right, everybody. So here he is. This is my buddy. Lives all the way out there in, in fancy California. Chef Jim Sullivan. What's up, brother? Hey, man. What's happening? Uh, thanks for having me on. I appreciate that. No, man. It's my pleasure. We, I, I've, I've been following you uh, for really the last two years, I guess it's been. Has it really been that long, two years since we met? <clears throat> yeah, it's kind of hard to believe. But yeah, the last time I actually saw you physically was in, of all places, Tijuana. 
Which was, I know. So, so now, so real quick, so we can get everybody to follow you during the show when this, when this is on, how do we, how do we get in contact with you through through Twitter, Instagram, Facebook, I I don't know, social security number, whatever you want. Uh, well, I mean, if you want to follow my images on, uh, I mostly for social media, I'm on Instagram at, uh, medium raw underscore. So it's Um, medium raw underscore. Got it. Yep. And I'm on Facebook, I think just as Jim Sullivan, uh, and I don't have a Twitter. Um, I can barely keep up with Instagram and Facebook. Like this, so, yeah. Dude, I love Twitter. I'm a huge Twitter guy. Yeah, I, you know, I try. I just, I, I don't know, man, just so much shit out there. I just can't, I just can't do it, man. I, I'm just, Instagram is about as much as I can do. Yeah. So you're not a huge social media guy is what you're saying. Um, I mean, I am, I, I think for the business that I do, I need to be, uh, specifically Instagram because it's like a uh, photo related. So, um, for me, I, you know, I'm on there a lot. I try to do as much as I can without overbearing people. Um, so for me, I just need to like put solid images up and, uh, you know, oddly enough, I, I like it because I, you know, it gets my work out there and I get business from it. So I, I keep doing it. It's a bit, I mean, you're, you're, you're a talented dude, man. I've enjoyed, uh, you know, I've really enjoyed kind of watching you over the last couple of years with the stuff that you do. And, and you were funny when I had asked you to hop on the show, you're like, what do you want me on for? <laughs> well, yeah, I mean, I like, um, uh, thinking you're like such a fucking big shot. I'm like, why do you want to talk to me for? But yeah. I mean, if you want to, I mean, I'm down. <laughs> so Yeah. <laughs> Well, I mean, you know, the kind of the whole premise of the show and what I try to talk to people about is it's it's really all about a lot of it has to do with the interactions that I meet with people. And, you know, you and I, I'm, I'm a connector guy. I believe that that people are put together for a reason. And and you and I haven't really worked together yet, but but. I enjoyed talking to you. We went into that back crazy bar in Tijuana, yeah, that like prohibition yeah. era bar that was back there. Yeah, so that place is called, uh, well, the restaurant's Oryx Capital in Tijuana, and that prohibition bar is called Nortico. And uh, the, the chef that owns that, Rufo Ibarra, is a really close friend of mine. And so it was just kind of serendipitous that, you know, two East Coast guys were in a fucking bar in Tijuana, you know, meeting <laughs> up. And I, I'll never forget that. I was like, that was awesome. That was. That was pretty cool. And the funny part, we didn't even get, we didn't even get to go out. We didn't get to go eat anywhere. I know, we like. I know. That was yeah. it. I know. So it, it, that's a long time coming, though. I know it is. It is. So, so why don't you yeah, tell yeah. us? How, so, you're where are you from originally? Okay, so I grew up uh, 20 minutes outside Boston, uh, a little town called Lowell, Mass. Which sure, um, I know. That's in Middlesex. Have you seen right? that movie? Yeah, that, have you ever seen that movie, The Fighter? Yeah, that's basically my fucking hometown. Which kind of weird, but anyway. Um, Dude, I shot a. So, I shot a I shot a TV show in Middlesex County Correctional Institute. Oh, <laughs> right there. I was in the I was in the violent offenders uh, division, and I shot a, of all things, a uh, a competition cooking show. So I was right up here. I was. Yeah, it's a long story. It was pretty wild. It was fun. Uh, okay. It never got. It's, it, it like everything else doesn't get picked up. So it was pretty funny. <laughs> but all right. So you're from Lowell, Mass, and then go yep. for it. Uh, well, basically growing up, uh, as a kid, I, um, worked in, um, an Italian restaurant kind of sort of for low high end dining. And 
I started off as a busboy and worked my way up until waiter, then back of the house and garmage and then line cook. And then I went to uh, pharmacy school, which was weird. But um, and so then, uh, but I always had like the love of food and um, culinary in the back of my mind. So maybe about ten years ago, I decided to kind of put my day job on hold and I went back to culinary school, which was the best thing for me because I absolutely love anything to do with culinary or cocktail or just storytelling in that area. So, and then after culinary school, I was doing pop-up events and staging. And, and then one day I was doing an event and then it kind of clicked that people were taking pictures of my food with their phone. I'm thinking, I can't use this shit. And then I've always loved photography and it kind of like the light bulb went off. And so ever since then, probably for the last mm, four years, I've just been 95% focused on, uh, food, cocktail, photography, storytelling, um, doing a lot of work with magazines, traveling as much as I can. Uh, and then just kind of, you know, I would putting out solid images, but I want more of a story behind my images versus just a pretty picture. That makes right. Sense. So um, what is your, so are you in, I mean, are you, are you working in restaurants at all anymore? Or are you strictly photography? No, just strictly photography. I mean, I'll do like uh, guest spots here and there, or like um, I'll go up. To, I go up to SF a lot, and I'll cook up there. Or like I did the the recent LA uh, star chef thing and food and wine events. But nice. basically, that's about as much. And then I still obviously cook every freaking day at home. So you know, yeah. So like yeah. So now, do you are you do you have family at home? Are you married? Kids? Any of that? Yeah. So I um. I have a beautiful family. I have a wife and daughter and son and nice. uh, here in San Diego, but all my immediate family is back on the East coast. So, um, so, you know, we have family out here. My wife's uh, from Orange County. So we, we, you know, we have a support system. Nice. Nice. And do you guys get back East much? Um, I was just back there in May, but honestly, I, I don't, I only go back if I need to. Um, I used to go back a lot and just, you know, I don't know. I, at this point where if I have time to travel, I'm going to go somewhere for like a culinary or a vacation with my family. So, I'm right. Like, yeah. Plus yeah. who wants to go back East when it's gray, when you can come out to California, especially, especially San Diego, man. Yeah, dude. I love the West coast. I've been on here for a long time. And I mean, I'll always have a heart, my heart's in the East coast, but I'd love the West coast, whether it's, Southern California, all the way up to the you know Pacific Northwest. I just love the West Coast. Right, where uh, I'm, I I have a, a an enormous place in my heart for San Diego. I just, I mean, the restaurants, the scene that's over there, the the proximity to Mexico. Um, the, the different styles of food. I mean, well, one, I'm a huge Hodad's guy. Oh yeah, I love Hodad's. Everyone loves Hodad's. So, and, and actually Mike Harden was a, was a good buddy of mine before he passed. Oh yeah. 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 That was, yeah that was I traveled, uh, I was able to travel the world with him. I was in uh, Europe with him and, uh, through Italy and Greece and Spain and, uh, down into Cuba and Guam. I mean, I was all over the, yeah, I was all over the place with him and, and his son Shane has since taken yep. it over and is really, uh, blowing it up. He's doing an amazing job. It's good to watch. So it's real good. Yeah. That's what I, yeah, it's just, it's uh, an iconic spot here in, in OB San Diego, so it's, it's always a, a go-to place, you know. What's the other? There's a noodle place out there, OB Noodle. 
Uh, yeah, there's an OB noodle place, but you know what's so funny? Like, um, within the last year, I mean, as a chef, you know, like the trends and stuff that's oh, yeah. happening. And it's noodles in the last okay. year. Exactly. Everyone's doing noodles, uh, poke, or like, I don't know, whatever's next. But I think they're like the latest thing now is um, everyone's opening up chicken spots. Well, like, I mean, it's uh, easy. Fried fried chicken and donuts, man. That's what, uh, that's what yeah, we've got dude. a place on the yeah. East Coast. Yeah. Well, I think Federal Donuts just opened up out there. I don't know mm, if it's San Fran or San Diego. He's an East Coast guy. That's uh, Michael Solomonov, who owns a restaurant in Philly. He's a, he won Best Chef last year for Beard. Oh, really? Yeah, and he's he owns a place called Federal Donuts, and they do fried chicken and donuts, and obviously, like every other trend, and he's very talented. But by, by by, I'm not diminishing what he does in any way. Yeah, he owns. I mean, he's he's one of my favorite restaurants in Philly called Zahav. It's an Israeli place, but he he only sells as much as he has. He he 86 is at the end of the day, and when he does, they close the doors. Which is awesome. Right? Yeah. yeah. My, my donut spot here in San Diego is Nomad Donuts. Next time you come out, I'll take you down to Nomad. Those guys crush it. Yeah, I've got to get into San Diego. Um, um, I've got to get back down to TJ. Are you spending much time down there at all now? Or was that just a a, a one-stop one thing for you? Oh, no, dude. Uh, you, that's what I was going to say. The nice thing for me, and, you know, it's being so close to Baja, Mexico, and you know, I'm always down there. I was just down there last week with Rufo filming. We went to uh, Baja Mar, um, no, Baja Aquatic Farms, which is a, it's in Ensenada. And basically, you know, he has a relationship where he can just drive up and uh, as the boats come in from fishing, he gets to pick up a litter. So really, yeah, he, yeah, he's crushing it down there, dude. Cause my clients own uh, La Oya. Which is that 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 crazy little um, aguachile place over? You know, it's right off the main strip and in, in or the main drag. What is that in uh, Revolution? Oh, Revolution. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That main kind mm -hmm. of drag through there. What do you? Yeah. I mean, you're down there quite a bit. I mean, everybody says to me, "Oh my God, you're going to Tijuana." I mean, what is your? Oh uh, no. Okay, so I mean, being a white guy, I mean, like I barely speak Spanish, but. Um, I go down there all the time, and I think uh, it's just you know the 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 freaking newspapers and whatever they like to dramatize it. And, I mean, granted, sure, I mean six, seven, eight years ago, it was kind of not a good place to be down there. But since then, since the cartels kind of broke up, and TJ, I mean, as long as you're not doing something stupid, you, I'm down there all the time. It's fine. I love it down there. I love Mexico. And I've never. Look, I mean, let me, let me, I'll say this first. One, I've never seen trouble down there. Don't get me wrong. I, I, no. I saw pictures of a guy right. who was gutted and, you know, because he yeah, stole true. from the cartel yeah. and all that shit. I, I've seen that exactly. through exactly. close people. But if you're not doing yep. something stupid, look, I'm not walking the streets at two o'clock in the morning drunk. Exactly. I mean, you can get into trouble in any freaking city yeah. in the U.S. Same thing. Exactly. Like, you know, I'm not going to be down in like in some bad part of L.A. It, two in the morning, you know, all doped up and, you know, I'm down there hanging out with chefs. We're doing food stuff. And, right. you know, you know, I, I've been traveling Mexico probably seriously uh, for the last year and a half, like a lot for, I'm working on a cookbook. And so uh, my buddy and I have been traveling all through Mexico and knock on wood, I've never had any issues. And like I said, I barely speak Spanish. So right. it's fine. Dude. It's an amazing place.
Now, one of the things that I have found so impressive of Mexico is really the food scene. Um, you know, yeah. uh, the, the whole gastronomic section that they had put in that was originally intended. And if in any way I'm wrong, please let me know. But uh, my understanding of this section was it was going to be a series of sh like a shopping mall. And that everybody was like, we don't really need a shopping mall. We've got a casino with the, the tightest slots in the world. We don't need a shopping mall. We need food. And the California Pizza Kitchen went in and closed in 11 months because people just didn't go there. They didn't want a chain restaurant. They wanted the quality of food that Mexican chefs are providing. And it has, I mean, every restaurant that I was in, and I've been into five in that one little section, were just unbelievable. Mm -hmm. They were unbelievable, creative, fresh, appealing to the eye. Every part of it, the service was spectacular. I mean, I really enjoyed going to eat down there. Yeah, dude. I mean, I, if I could, I would go down there more often. But I mean, not just in like Baja or TJ, just Mexico in general. Like I spent a lot of time in Mexico City uh, through the Yucatan. And I just got back from Oaxaca. Um, like a month ago, I spent a week down there and just unbelievable. Like the people, the culture, and then the food is just outstanding. And well, I've heard finally, I think, yeah, go, go ahead. On. No, no, you go, you, no, you go. I, I was going to say, I feel like within the last year, Mexican food is just finally starting to get a, a not a national, but world stage where like, you know, as a chef, I know like, uh, food and I know ingredients and technique and I think in Mexican food probably is the most complex like cuisine out there. I mean, maybe more so than like Chinese or even like French. Um, there's a lot had to it and it's so much to know. And I, every time I go down and working with Mexican chefs, is always learning new things and it just blows me away as far as like the depth of the Mexican cuisine. Well, and there's, there's a lot, I mean, it's almost like Mexico has been kind of practicing to get to this point. Like, because what you're seeing now is you're seeing a taco shop open up all over the place. You're seeing an aguachile place open up all over the place. And this is all through the country, you know, and it's right. almost like now Mexico's going, okay, cool. So you guys got the basis of what it is that we're doing, but here's what we really do, you know, because right. I'm starting exactly. to see a lot more places that are opening up that aren't doing, you know, that, that, Tex-Mex style of Mexican food with burritos and whatnot that they're really starting to dig in more. I mean, I've got a property on the outskirts of Chicago, you know, an hour outside that I put, you know, I mean, I put some pretty cool stuff on, you know, I was doing flautas and I'm doing a couple of different little dishes that we're playing with and people are just buying the hell out of it. And it's not a taco. Yeah, it's not a burrito. Yeah. There's so much more to Mexican food than just like a burrito or a taco. Although, I will Although. say, like, <laughs> I Although. will say that if, uh, if I had to, like, for instance, I was in Mexico City, we ate at uh, uh, Pujo and uh, Quintana, which is some of the best restaurants in the world, but which is amazing. But if you ask me, like, I just want to walk down the street and grab some street tacos. Yes. So anybody well, that knows me knows that I'm a down to always down to street tacos. <laughs> I was in, uh, it was my, my last time in TJ was Ash Wednesday. So what's that April around that mark. And yeah, yeah. I had to, I, I had to go in for, uh, for Ash Wednesday. I'm Catholic. And I thought what a better place. So I have a guy named Victor who always picks me up at the airport, brings me into the restaurant when I get down there, uh, kind of gets me to and from my hotel and stuff like that. He, he works for the company. So it's not like he's my driver. He's just, 
kind of a utility guy that does a whole bunch of stuff for the restaurant group. And mm -hmm. so I said to him, I was like, Victor, I got to go to church. And he kind of, he kind of, you know, in his broken English was like, okay, no problem, whatever. So we drive and I realize we're now driving in a complete opposite direction of where we actually need to be going. Well, the only church that he knew was his church. So he's driving me into his neighborhood now. And it's a, a nice little community. I don't know exactly where and TJ was or what little subdivision it was, but I mean, we start getting in and next thing I know, we're like, we're on dirt roads, man. You know, we're pulling in and, and we pull up in front of this church that, that was hundreds of years old. And there's literally people just spewing out of it. They're just, they, they, they're, they're falling outside of the church because you just can't really get in any further. I mean, it's, it's, it's noon on Ash Wednesday. And as we park the car and we start walking in, I'm looking around and there's just street vendors every single where that I looked. And I'm now going yeah. into church and I can't wait to get out of church just so that I can go and try to get some food. So long story as I walk in, I was the tallest dude in church <laughs> at five foot nine. And the pride that I felt must have been seen by the priest because I got about eight feet away from the priest and we kind of locked eyes for a second. And he looks at me and I must have had this big, huge shit eating grin on my face because he looks at me and kind of smiles and like shakes his head up and down like you look like you're having a good day. And all I'm thinking is I'm the tallest motherfucker here. So, but I walk out the front door after going to mass and now I've got a big, huge black cross across my forehead. Uh, and I walk out and the first spot that I stop is this little elote place. And this guy is just crushing it. He's got the corn. He's yeah. shaving it right there. He's got the salted sugar water that's going on top of it. He's got the queso fresco. He's squeezing fresh limes. I mean, it couldn't get, I had to sit down. Because it was it was such an experience for something that was so basic and so raw, but it was just the combination of flavors and the way that he was layering it and putting the queso fresco in between and a little bit more of the juice and then a seasoning. And then, I mean, it was just fucking awesome. And it was corn in a styrofoam cup. Exactly. You you just said it perfectly. It's just uh, it their food looks simple and like, uh, but it's just so sexy, so beautiful. And yeah. then. The, the heart that comes from, like, the people that are serving you their food, it comes from their heart. And I think that's what gets me, is that every time I go down there, I'm just like, these amazing people. Yeah. And the funny part is that they, I mean, with, with my guys that I do deal with when I get down there, they eat pretty much every two hours. And it's, like, all day long. It's, uh, hey, Hefe, yeah. you, want, you, you want tacos, man? And I'm like, well, fuck, of course I want tacos. Dude, it's 10 o'clock in the morning. Why would I not want a taco right now? <laughs> like, we just left the country club and had breakfast at 8. It's 10. Now it's taco time. And we How pull is? up. It's always taco time. It's always. But we pull up to these places. And, and look, on, on as an American, I don't think the average American would really eat at one of these places. Because when you look at it, it looks kind of dirty. I'm not going to lie. Like, the the what's the place? Car wash torta? Have you ever been to one of those? Oh, you know what's funny? I was just going to say uh, earlier when we were talking about that. That's my jam, dude. Like, Tortas Del Wash. Yes. That, yes. Yeah, Tortas Del Wash. That's the shit. When they've got that cutting board yeah. that is like, you know, I mean, the yeah. cutting board's probably 50 years old. It's got a huge. Yeah, but you can't replace that. that. The seasoning that has had over 50 years. Holy yeah. shit. And they just grill up that meat and then next to it, they've got all the chilies and they've got the pickled vegetables yep. and, and you're just sucking it down and it, and it's fucking good. And you're standing there and you're going, you know what? I'll have another one. I'm not even done eating this one. <laughs> I was just, that's like my story. The first time I went there, I was with Chad White and, uh, 
we were doing a film down there and he took me there and I wasn't even hungry. I literally just ate and then just like filming and watching. I'm like, like I got to have one. And then <laughs> just sucked it down. I'm like, okay, well, let's have another one. Holy shit. Yeah. Well, it's, like, I mean, it, to watch them and the way that they do things and it's family operated. I mean, that's the thing, you know, there's yeah. the, there's the old lady who's running the restaurant and then her two sons are working the grill and one of them is picking you know, picking it up with a fire poker and he's dropping the, the fresh tortillas right on top of the coals, you know, and you're getting a little bit of that chard and a little bit of that ash into it that we could never recreate oh. here. It's just, you can't do it here. No way, dude. No, and yet, yeah, that is legitimate. Like if and everyone then, listening to your podcast eat that, they'd know because if you guys ever make it down to teach you have to go to Tortoise to watch. Well, it's it, and it's so. I mean, and there's you know twenty five, thirty people that are standing around the outside of it, and it's it's like I don't know what is it like twenty pesos. It's like a dollar. Oh, yeah, barely. Yeah. Have you been to Ensenada at all? I have not. Okay, so that place, like what you're talking about, there's a like a ceviche place. Uh, her name is Sabina, and I can't um, remember the actual name of the taco stand, but it's an Ensenada. And, She's like super famous for uh, her tortas, but uh, tacos. But um, she gets all her seafood right from the ocean, and uh, like Bourdain, like is a huge proponent for of her uh, oh, tacos. Wow. And but basically, like she gets like all the best seafood like across the street, and like yeah, you you get there at like quarter of eleven, and there's like a small queue, and then right at eleven she opens, it's just like a swarm of bees, and then. She sells out probably like an hour. It's uh, see, that's a man. Yeah, one of the things that I there. one of the things that I love about being down there is the fact that they cook what they know, you know, and they cook what's yeah. available. It's not like us saying, yeah. you know, I had a burger the other day and the guy's putting tomatoes on it. I'm like, man, your your tomatoes suck. Why are you putting a tomato yeah. on a burger in the middle of July or in the middle of of of, of December? You know, yeah. and. And they don't understand it. It's just because that's what the American wants. And it's funny because even for me, like I do a salt roasted tomato. I take a Roma, I salt it, I season it up. I use a whole bunch of herbs and olive oil and we roast them off. And those are the tomatoes that we put on all my burgers because I will, I don't want to give you a shitty tomato underneath of a phenomenal piece of beef. You know, yeah, to me, they're it's. Doing season, yeah, they're doing seasonality, but they don't even know what seasonality is. Just, yeah, it's what know, they have. Whatever's available. Exactly. Yeah. So when are you, so what, what are your, what are your projects that are going on now? I mean, so you were just down there, where are you heading off to next? Yeah. Um, well, I've been working on a cookbook with my buddy Val Cantu, who oddly enough is, um, just, he just got his second uh, Michelin star, uh, nice. his restaurant's up in San Francisco. And he's the only chef in the U S doing uh, Mexican food to have two Michelin stars. Wow. So, yeah, it's a big deal. So that's huge. He and I've been, yeah, he and I've been traveling throughout Mexico for over a year now, working on a cookbook. And so I'm hoping a year from now, um, the it'll be close to being finished. But we're self-publishing and we're doing the whole book ourselves. Um, so I got that going on. Um, supposed to go to Copenhagen sometime toward the end of February for Noma 2.0. Nice a piece for my yeah for Life and Time magazine. Um, and then God, I just get so much shit going on. I just, <laughs> I take it as it comes, so to speak, you know? Right. And then, so how much, and are so you're back and forth in and out of Mexico time? How are you, I mean, how much time are you spending at home these days? Uh, well, <laughs> much to the chagrin of my wife, um, <laughs> a 
as much as I can. I mean, I mean, I, I, my family always comes first. I mean, I'm, I adore my family and uh, my wife is like the best thing for me. Um, right. But I mean, under, under respect, I got to get out there and, you know, do what I do. Gotta work. And like, you know, and I'm trying to get my, my name out there, my, my work, which is most important to me. Um, let, let that kind of do, speak for itself. But um, right. I mean, I don't know. I just, if something comes up that's worthwhile for me going, then I, you know, I'm going to go. Um, how, how old are your kids? Yeah. Uh, I have an older son from a previous marriage, but my daughter is, uh, she's seven and we just went to the Nutcracker last night. And, uh, oh, that's awesome, she, dude. Yes. You, you have two little girls, right? I do, man. But you know what? They're not little anymore. They're 13 and 16. Uh, but they'll, they'll always be your little girls, But they're dude. always going to be no matter what. And I'm a tough dad, man. I'm a really... Yeah. I'm, a, I'm, a, I'm an accountability guy with my girls. Um, I'm a go after what you want, but I'm also, and I have this conversation all the time. I'm also 100% open and honest with my girls and I discuss everything. Now I, I'm not telling them that I, you know, went out on Friday night and smoked weed and, and, you know, drank Grey Goose and soda until four o'clock in the morning, but I'm communicating with them about the importance of, of being a, a quality human being. I'm talking to them about situations that they could possibly be in. And, you know, I joke around all the time, but my daughter called me a couple of weeks ago and she'll be 17 in February. And she called me and she was like, dad, dad, the party got busted. And I'm like, where are you? And she's like, I'm, behind, <laughs> I'm, I'm down the street. I'm behind a tree. And I'm like, all right, do you need me to come and get you? And she's like, no, no, I just want to let you know. I already called an Uber. And I'm like, all right, good, like perfect. Then she walks in the front door 45 minutes later. You know, she probably had two beers. The kid's four foot 11. She weighs 96 pounds. She probably had two beers and she comes in. She's like, as soon as I walked in the house, I realized that there were too many people. I looked over at a window. I put a bench underneath of the window that was in front of the fireplace and I cracked the window a little. So as soon as the police came in, I knew exactly what my exit plan was. And I'm like, you're a fucking brilliant. You're brilliant. Yeah, smart kid. You know, smart kid. And a lot of people say, I can't believe you let your daughter drink. It's not that I let her drink. It's that if I fight her about it, then she's going to drink and not communicate with me about it. But if I talk to her about the, 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 you know, the problems or the situations that could, could arise, then, you know, she's a little bit more prepared for what she's going into. Um, she, you know, and we have talks about drugs and sex and all the other stuff, you know, so yeah, I think it's smart that you have an open communication with your children. You know, I mean, I, my proponent is always to always make the right decision. You know, and do the right thing. Yeah. Uh, always do the right thing. You know. Yeah. So I think yeah. Now, how old are you? Oh Jesus, uh, I'm in my mid forties. Well, I'm uh, I'm 46, dude. Yeah. So yeah. Yeah, I, I, you know, it's funny. I, I'm same age, but I feel like I'm still 25. So I don't know if that's is good I, or bad, but. No, I agree. You know what? I, and I think a lot of it has to do with the fact that we've been through a lot of that shit. Look, growing up in kitchens yeah. is not an easy thing. And then nope. you put on top of that travel and experiences and creative outlets and the people that we come across and the people that we interact with, they're not normal human beings. So 
I think that our experiences have kind of left us to, okay, I, I see the adult world. I know what I have to do, but I still want to play and I still want to have fun. And, you know, on a Thursday night, I might drink a little bit too much and, you know, I might sleep in on it, but we still have the the core root of everything of being an adult, but we have the opportunity to get out and play, whether it be on the road or with our kids. So exactly. Exactly. I mean, I'm, I'm my Christmas presents this year are not just like monetary things. My Christmas presents this year have a lot to do with experiences. So I got, you know, paintball for 16 people, you know, so my daughters and their friends, we can all go do paintball for six hours. Um, you know, I got a whole bunch of snow tubing. My brothers are bringing their boys in. My brother's bringing his boys in from LA and we're going snow tubing for four hours, nice. you know? That's so like awesome. I'm trying to create experiences with people as opposed to, Oh, great. Look, here's another, here's another pair of Lululemon leggings that you're going to grow out of in a year. You know, I want to do things that are kind of more memorable and more meaningful. So <clears throat> I, know, I that's, think that's the right way to do it. You know? Yeah. Yeah. It's fun out you know, there. You're, 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 yeah, your your kids and your daughters will have a that you know whole life experience that they'll look back and say, you know, remember this? My dad did this, blah blah blah. So <laughs> that's important. Yeah, yeah. Um, so do you uh, do you have any inspiration or any kind of uh, thought or or itching or any of that to get back into the kitchen ever? Um, I mean, I I always want to cook. Um, but I think at some point I wouldn't, I do, I've been on the back burner as far as opening a place, but, um, it would be more of like a bar slash with like elevated, I hate the word elevated, but elevated comfort food. Like, no, dude, that's my, that's my whole genre. That's what I do. So yeah. Yeah. Dude, right. Like my dudes up in, uh, my huge, uh, inspiration and my friends up in, uh, trick dog. Have you been to trick dog in San Francisco? No. Uh, so those guys kill it. I mean, like their cocktail program is just on point. But what they do with their food, they you know pair around the cocktails, and you know, and then you go into a trick dog, and it's you know it has a, definitely has a, its own atmosphere, but it's kind of not bare bones and there's no frills, but it's just a good vibe, and that's the kind of model that I like, or that that, that I would like to open if I were to open a spot. Have you have you um, been? To, you've been to Crime and Punishment. No, I've not. No, that's in San in San Diego, dude. Crime and punishment. Uh, the chef or the owner's name is Eric Castro, and he is a. Oh, he's I know Eric. Yeah, 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 yeah. Awesome. And his place is called Crime and Punishment, isn't it? He's got three spots uh, in San Diego that he works out of. I mean, polite provisions. Polite provisions. That's it. My bad. Polite provisions. Yeah, that's yeah. the one. Yeah, yeah. Oh, yeah. No, that's like a fucking staple here in San Diego. Everyone knows. Dude, they do it. They, yeah, their cocktail program is sick. But to walk through that tiny little kind of hallway and and walk into that other side with that food, like that's oh, yeah, yeah. It's an awesome spot. They just really and I got to get Eric on. He's a great dude, and he did a he did a phenomenal documentary on bartenders across the country. That was really yeah, I really. I just, yeah, I just shot him for a uh, punch. We did a uh, feature on him like a month ago or so, and. He's a good dude. He's a great dude. And, and and he's got a place in New York as well that he does down in the Bowery. And he's he's a, he's a quality individual, man. And and I think that's one of the things that that I love the most about about being a chef who travels and, and going around is is the interactions, the communities, 
in the communities that I get into and the people that I meet that, you know, I mean, it's kind of cool to say, Hey, I'm coming to San Diego, you know, Jim and, and, you know, Eric, let's go out and have a couple of pops like that's And, and that's, I try to, you know, it's funny that, you, that you say that. Cause that's exactly how I feel. Like, um, I'm more into building relationships and, uh, than just putting out like good work. I mean, I always want to put out good work, but I think what motivates me is to build those relationships. Like, you know, we met a couple of years ago and then now we're having a, a chat on the your podcast. And that, for me, that's huge. Yeah. I, I think that's amazing. You know what I mean? Well, and, and I mean, and it's, you know, I've always, I mean, the last time I was out there, I guess I was in, where the hell was I? La Jolla, something like that. I don't even know. But, I, but then I'm like, you know, and I, I think I texted you, Hey, I'm coming out in, in a couple of weeks or, and then it just kind of goes by the wayside. And then, you know, but, but, uh, but now we've had our conversation. So now we can, we can, you know, do what we got to do when we move forward. So next time I'm out there, which I'm hoping is going to be in the next couple of months, we got to go out and grab a couple pops, dude. Got to go out. Oh, did you, you got to give me a heads up and then, yeah, I will just bring your passport and we'll go down to TJ and we'll, we'll hook it up. Dude. Oh my God, dude. I love getting down there. I've, I've got to get back yeah, down. Awesome. I just miss it, man. Just the simple part of it. The problem that I find is I get back. First off, so my big thing out there is uh, Mexican, ibuprofen, Mexican ibuprofeno. I yeah. love the Mexican ibuprofen. 800 milligrams. <laughs> it, it gets rid of a hangover in like an hour and a right. half. Once it settles for your body, the headache goes away. Right. Uh, right. I'm a huge fan of it. So I got my father cancer drugs when I was out there as well at, at, at a fraction of the cost of what the United States government was charging. Oh, yeah. It was pretty bad. But, uh, but yeah, I got to get out there. I got to come back out and hang out. So, um, well, dude, I want to thank you so much for hopping on with me, man. I really do. Uh, oh, man. Little- it was, for me, a, a huge honor, bro. I mean, like, like I said, when you initially reached out to me, I was like, what the fuck do you want to talk to me about? <laughs> I don't have much to say, but uh, I, I definitely want to talk to a homie and you, you know, you're homie. So I appreciate that. Yeah, man. My, my pleasure, dude. I'm glad, like I said, we had that connection that day and, and I'm, I'm, you know, I mean, I I like having quality people in my circle and people that I can reach out to. And I like people, you know, the next time somebody says, do you have a food photographer who lives in San Diego or anywhere on the West coast? I'll be like, you got to call Jim. I mean, that's just the way it plays. Yeah, man. I appreciate that. And then uh, we'll definitely get together soon, man. Yeah. So why don't you do me a favor again, real quick, give everybody uh, a way that they can get in touch with you and, and all that good stuff so we can find you and yeah, follow sure. and bring you from 10,700 um, bigger. <laughs> um, well, my website is just Jim Sullivan photography.com. Um, there I post, you know, most of my images that I, I've worked on in the last year or so. And then Instagram is medium raw underscore. And then I guess, Facebook is just Jim Sullivan um, on there. But um, yeah, man, I just appreciate the time and I hope that uh, this conversation is good enough for the podcast. And uh, thank you so much. See, there we go. That's the fun stuff, everybody. These are, these are, this is what I like so much about this show is the interactions of, and the relationships that we kind of build through traveling. Um, you know, you meet chefs. I, I get to hang out with chefs all the time and, and I've had great conversations with them on here. And, and I, you know, you guys have heard me talk to everybody from chefs to, to porn stars to, uh, you know, just, just, just professional people for things that they do. And, and it, for me, it's so much fun 
to be able to share that. And, and like Jim's a good dude. He's a super humble guy. Um, but I just liked meeting him and, and his art is very, he's very talented with what he does. And, and I hope you guys have an opportunity to check out his Instagram and follow him and let him know that you found him through us. Cause you know, we're all about connecting. So, uh, his, his, uh, Facebook is Jim Sullivan. His, his website is Jim Sullivan photography and his Instagram, which obviously we all know is like the new business card, uh, is medium raw, M E D I U M R A W with an underscore at the end of that. Um, so Jim Sullivan, thanks for hopping on with me. Uh, you know, so we're, we're coming up on the holidays and we have a lot of stuff that's going to be uh, coming out in the next couple of months leading up into March for the nightclub and bar show, which is a huge portion of my year. Uh, you know, between my my seminars that I do out there on updating outdated menus and talking about hospitality and, uh, you know, being able to communicate what it is that I'm so passionate about to people that are directly in the industry is something that's really important to me. Plus the, 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 the experiences that when we get when we're out there, you know, I've been to a nightclub before, man, I can dance. I do a white man overbite on a couch, just like the best guy. Um, but for me, when I get out to Vegas, it's really about the fun. It's about the interactions and the community, you know, and, and the experiences that we're creating amongst my friends. I, I I'm lucky enough to be able to have seven of my good friends out there with me, uh, traveling and working and, uh, you know, doing the show that I do and being able to speak. And, you know, this year with Michael Tips and what we're doing with Bar Crashers, I just feel that this year is going to be a huge, huge, huge uh, success. A lot of really, really great things are going to be going on. And and I want you guys to get as uh, as excited about it as I am. So, um so do me a favor, share this with all your friends and, and, you know, it, it's the end of the year and, and we all kind of sit back and we get a little humble and I find it, I think it's kind of fitting that the year ends, you know, after Thanksgiving and after Christmas and we start a whole new year with New Year's. And for me in Philadelphia, uh, New Year's Day is one of those days that I just don't ever want to leave this city. It's a huge, huge party for us uh, with the mummers and 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 friends are all meeting up at the same place. And I may not have seen you, but for a year ago, uh, we still have that great interaction during that day. And, you know, we then end up on two street for the mummers and the strut that happens after the parade and, and the hospitality of walking from house to house and bar to bar and, and watching these string bands go up. And if you guys have no idea what I'm talking about, I want you to go and, and just Google mummers. You know, and look at the history of this 100 plus year old event that has happened in our city for so many, many years. Um, you know, it started out as just men that were allowed in this in this in this parade uh, that were they were dressed as wenches. Uh, you know, they dressed like women and they they created these skits. And then we had whole nother sections out of the string band that were the fancies and the comics and. Uh, it, it's and and if you're not from Philadelphia, you have no idea what I'm talking about. I'm I'm throwing things out there like fancies and comics and mummers and strutting, and you don't know what it is unless you're from Philadelphia, and unless you've experienced it. So my goal of what I want or what I think you guys should all do is a phenomenal way to start this year. One, you always eat pork, just so you know, on New Year's Day. It is a rule. By eating pork, it's creating wealth and uh, and and stability throughout the year. Um, so get out there and have your pork on New Year's Day. I do it. 
Every year I get it ready. I'll, I'll eat, I have to eat some form of pork, whether it be bacon or a pulled pork sandwich or some, you know, roasted pork from from one of my favorite little shops. Um, but I eat the pork because it, it's 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 uh, it, it's good luck for the rest of the year. So why not? It doesn't hurt anybody. Swine is fine, baby, especially when it's going to bring you a whole new year of fun and excitement and enjoyment. So, um, but if you are in Philadelphia or you don't know what you're going to do for New Year's Day or New Year's Eve, I highly suggest you come into Philadelphia. Take it easy, New Year's Eve. We don't need a big party. We don't need to go out and get all shit-faced and get all drunked up because it's only going to hurt the next day when you got to wake up and go to the parade. Watching these guys strut up Broad Street for the tradition that's gone on for 100 years and they stop and they play for the neighbors and they play in front of the cameras and you see the the the, the feathers and the grandiose costume work that these guys have created to put on their backs and that go into their costumes and the amount of money that they raise because these are not corporately funded. You know, these are privately owned clubs um, that, that do amazing things. And it's really a cool tradition. And you're going to see a bunch of my posts on New Year's Day. I'm actually going to try to get, uh, maybe I'll get a, a mummer on. It's really hard to get these guys at the end of the year, but maybe I'll grab one of my buddies who's a mummer and, and kind of hop him on the show for 15 or 20 minutes and see what we can do. Um, but uh, as, we, as we near the end of the year, I'm really excited for uh, for all of you, uh, for the big things that we all have going on and the, the, the growth of this show, um, moving forward, the growth of what is now going to be, uh, you know, bar crashers and the podcast itself and a couple of other really cool projects that I have working on and, and then the clients that I've been working with. So, um, I want to thank all of you for your time and your dedication and, you know, we're hitting big numbers of this show and, and that that's all due to you guys sharing this and talking about it. And I, and I, I, I implore you, I really do. I want you guys to reach out to me. I want you to communicate with me. I want you to tweet me or send me a message on Facebook. Or if you have a great spot that I can talk to a chef or an owner, or if you just, you know, had a great server or, you know, you went out to the movies and you saw a really cool movie, like, let's get some cool shit going on. Let's talk about some of the stuff that's out there. I want your help in the year coming up so that we can all play and we can do great shows together. Um, I thank you all very much. Uh, I've got to thank a couple of people, as you all know. i got to thank RadioInfluence.com for a phenomenal year of what will be 41 episodes uh, throughout this year. That's a, that's a tremendous amount of work that has happened on everybody's part. I want to thank Techno Solution uh, for their help with my website and the growth of the brand. Uh, and I really want to thank uh, Maggie Gagliardi for her hard work, for what she puts into this. Um, and we'll go from there, guys. So everybody, thank you so much. Have an absolutely wonderful week. I really appreciate your time. And uh, take off, man. Have a great one. Bye-bye. Didn't get Duffified enough? Follow Chef Brian Duffy on Facebook and on Twitter at Chef B-R-I-D-U-F-F. Look for the blue verified checkmark to get exclusive content and to see what's coming up on next week's show. This has been Duffified Live with Chef Brian Duffy on Radio Influence. This is an Ian Beckles flavor in your ear quick fix on Radio Influence. Sexual assault is trending. And I, I don't know how long this is going to continue. Uh, I, I don't know if I want it to continue or not. Because the names that are coming up are, are, are amazing. The level uh, 
you know, of accomplishment that some of these people that are coming up. I mean, the names that have come up so far, if you have a list of people, you got to think about the net worth being in the billions of dollars and people that have been accused or just Bill Cosby enough, you know, to make to make the number big. Um, but, you know, it's just coming out now. Larry King came out. I mean, you know, Larry King looks creepy to me anyways. And that one didn't shock me. I can see him walking around with his hanger shirt, trying to lure young ladies into in the closets. That just looks like what he would do. But there's no name that's exempt right now. The NFL Network just cleaned house. Marshall Falk, Ike Taylor, Heath Evans. Listen, I've been around football players for a long time. And this is not me making excuses because I'm not. (laughs) But putting football players around women is bad. I'm just telling you from example. It's just bad. Football women, football players and women is a bad mixture if you want everything to be kosher. Um, I've been around Marshall Falk before. He's going to try to talk to every girl that's in the building. That's what he does. I've been on flights, NFL flights. And let me tell you firsthand, you know, a lot of people don't want to hear a lot of things. Well, let me tell you firsthand. They hand select the stewardesses to go on those flights. The NFL flights, they hand pick the stewardesses, and the criteria must be, first and foremost, you're a slut. I mean, that's straight talk. If if you're a straight-laced, attractive stewardess, it's not going to work. There's going to be lawsuits up the yin-yang. Some of those stewardesses were sleeping with half the players. You have to do that. Players are going to grab. They're, 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 it's bad. It's bad. I know. I'm not one of them. I wasn't one of them. But there was lots of them. I do know a lot of stewardesses on those flights were reoccurring stewardesses, and I know they were sleeping with a bunch of players. You have to have, I mean, it's a bad mix, I'm telling you. Warren Sapp's name came up. You know, Warren's name has come up a few different times, a few different situations. You know, and I was reading up on that. Um, Warren sent her uh, a gift that was a vibrator, which looks like... uh, lipstick looks like a lipstick and warren even tweeted it out himself this is what i said i thought it was a gag that doesn't make you a sexual predator now once again warren's had other situations and i'm I'm definitely not defending him on a few of those but sending your your is it wrong probably does that make you a sexual predator not in my world it's really easy to judge somebody from the outside looking in but what if Warren and this young lady have had numerous conversations and she's talked about how much she uses her vibrator? What if they've had that decision, that conversation? Would it be wrong for him to buy for her then? But just because he's above her, is he can't do that? Once again, is it right? Probably not. There's a lot of things we do that aren't right. But there's a lot of us who like to throw, throw stones in glass houses as well. You can find Ian Beckles' Flavor in Your Ear on iTunes, Stitcher, TuneIn Radio, and RadioInfluence.com.